Hello, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Elena. And we are two therapists with a lot of opinions. Welcome to Just Another Therapy Podcast, where we'll be discussing various topics through the lens of mental health and therapy, just like every other therapist on social media right now. No, but we're different. (laughs) Join us this season as we talk all about social media, the good, the bad, and the absolutely ridiculous. This podcast was created for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a replacement for mental health treatment. If you are in need of support, check out our show notes for links to resources. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. We are going to dive into a very popular trend on social media, self-care. What started out as a call to self-compassion quickly turned into a marketing strategy designed to make money in the name of therapy and mental wellness. Join us as we discuss the impact that self-care has on social media consumers and why it went off the rails. So. Yes, let's talk about it. Yes. (laughs) Self-care. Yeah. So for me, I really started to notice self-care being monetized maybe when I was in college. Um, Mm -hmm. I started college in 2009, so I was definitely consuming social media in those years and I feel like it has very much evolved Mm -hmm. since then but that's just kind of when I remember noticing that self-care was kind of a hot topic you know yeah and I you know I think recently a lot of conversations have been coming up about self-care and I want to really quickly talk about origins of self-care that I've heard about Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of education or awareness in this um But I do know like initially the term self-care came as like almost a radical way of kind of standing up to oppression, especially in the black community. So I want to kind of honor that piece of it as well and also say that I am not in that community and so I can't speak to that. Um, And so I, you know, really like you said, the self-care really came into a huge kind of movement on social media more recently like it kind of came back into as a buzzword almost yes but the concept originally like I think had really good intentions honestly I feel like almost everything we're talking about (laughs) in this in this season about social media is like yeah it started out with really great intentions but now it's fucked like yes (laughs) right (laughs) and so I totally agree. And I love that you brought that up. Um, And we will definitely link some more detailed information Mm -hmm. about that. So you can check that out in the show notes. And another place that maybe it didn't originate, but sort of um, an area in which it's talked about a lot is among mental health professionals. So I really heard about self-care much more personally when I was in grad school. Like, mm-hmm. my professors talked about it a ton, and it was a huge emphasis that, like, you can't really care for other people if you're not caring for yourself, right? Right, And that can look different for different people, but that, you know, burnout is a very real struggle and compassion fatigue. And so, you know, as a therapist in training, it's something that I was hearing about so, so often. And you know, as I've grown older, kind of how I think about self-care and what it means to me has changed a lot. And also, you know, what we're seeing on social media about Mm self-care has changed a lot. Um, 
and I I, I want to read more about that kind of the yeah. radical like you know the how it is in the black community I also am not a part of that community um so yeah we'll definitely mm-hmm. well I think it's important to like acknowledge yeah. the roots of it and the origin yeah. of it because I think for a lot of people like the way and also like the deviant kind of space it's gone from that like really authentic and good space of like uplifting a community to now this like toxic and like Mm -hmm. manipulated um way to say that like we need to buy more things and so I just wanted to kind of mention that and I think we should definitely include more at the end of the episode or in our show notes for people to look into and research on their own as well um because it's important to know like where these things come from too um but for the most part for this episode, I think we really want to talk about where it kind of got to today and why it's so harmful. Right. Um, where self-care is almost like it's almost lost its impact. Mm-hmm. You know, it's become like every corporation <laughs> has really just like they heard the term and they're like, that's mine now. Right. <laughs> How can we sell things in the name of self-care? How can we make money off of people and their suffering? And yeah, like I think that there have been really altruistic intentions with the term, like you said, even for therapists, like we're kind of taught to take care of ourselves and, you know, how to make sure that we are honoring our own needs and safety and emotional stability in order to help the collective of our clients. Um, And so that's really for me too, like where... I learned about self-care or where it was really like emphasized. Mm -hmm. Like it it wasn't something that I was necessarily taught, like was talked about in my family growing up um, or that I had a real deep awareness of or had access to. Um, But as I got older and in the last few years, it definitely has popped up a lot on social media. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about mm-hmm. what we're actually seeing on social media. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. now that it <laughs> has been going off the rails. And I feel like you definitely alluded to it that people and companies and corporations quickly realize like this is a hot trendy thing. This yeah. is a thing that we can talk about and we can promote and it will improve the image of our business mm-hmm. and people will want to buy from us. And um, I also remember this happening in a really big wave about environmental issues. Like a lot of companies were like, we care about the environment. And they were like mm. talking about all these initiatives yeah. and things. So I think a company will do it with literally any topic. Oh, yeah. Like anything that is going to make people feel like, oh, this company cares. Yeah. You know? And with self-care, I, I just think a lot of the conversations on social media are just very, very surface level. Um, I feel that it a lot of times it does emphasize the treat yourself yes. version of self-care, which I have no problem with. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I do that. I love a good face mask, you know, <laughs> or a bath with, you know, bubbles. I mean, whatever, yeah. but it, it just, the way it is presented, it's like, this is how you take care of yourself. And it's like, okay, but are we going to talk about the nitty gritty of like, self-care is also practical self-care is also very hard Mm -hmm. what are the barriers to self-care um what are the emotions that go into that like are people feeling selfish by practicing self-care um is there trauma connected to it I mean I 
and I think for me personally, like self-care and self-compassion are also not the same thing. Yes. And I think those two things um, aren't really discussed in relation to one another. Mm-hmm. I, I think like therapists or wellness professionals will talk about mm-hmm. self-compassion on social media, but the larger conversation is much more like you need to take care of yourself and like do these things. You deserve it. And it's like, great but that's so simplistic right and like it's also a short-term solution to a deep long-term problem like the way that it's marketed as self-care like you said doing a face mask or buying makeup and treating yourself or going out to dinner or treat yourself with friends or all those things like there's they're temporary fixes for deep issues and self-care I don't think ever was about spending money or ever was about monetary things I think it was more about wellness and honoring yourself and caring for your soul and your spirit and your mind and then you know the companies just kind of saw that and and then and then I think too like Instagram influencers saw that oh my god because I can like you know (laughs) swipe up to buy you know the face mask that I wear um and it's so good for self-care and if you're not using it you're not caring for yourself and I think there's that judgment piece which is so important too where it's like if you're not spending money on your self-care you're not a good person Mm -hmm. you're not caring for yourself because like there's a lot you can do that's caring for yourself that's free that you could do right where you are listening to this podcast in this moment. (laughs) Um, But there's not a lot of validity to it in our culture. Yeah, I love what you said about it being kind of like a Band-Aid in a lot Mm -hmm. of cases that, look, if somebody is experiencing housing insecurity, a face mask is not going to do it. Right. You know, and, and here's the thing. For that person, if a face mask helps them in that moment, it's absolutely valid. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it's the larger implication and the larger emphasis that is a problem here. And and I feel that the deeper spiritual work of truly caring for yourself, of feeling worthy, of feeling like you know, you have value as a human being just because you're here. Yeah. It's just not a part of those conversations. And so, you know, again, it makes me wonder, it's like, well, how does somebody feel if, if they don't have these things or if they can't buy the stuff that <laughs> will aid them in their self-care process, you know? Um, it's so easy to fixate on what you can acquire. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would say self-care really should be about what is within you Mm -hmm. what already exists within you that you can foster and care for and really give to yourself yeah exactly and sometimes that's like saying no yeah like sometimes it's not purchasing that face mask because you value yourself and you're caring for yourself by saying hey I don't need that today and I think that that kind of gets into a lot of people's minds where it's like if I'm not spending money on it it's not valid if I'm you know not doing it in the way that other people are doing it or have access to the things that other people have access to then I'm not caring for myself or I'm not doing enough or it's the first thing that someone will ask you when you're struggling too which is like oh 
so annoying. It's like, I'm struggling with my anxiety today. Well, what did you do to take care of yourself? Well, I got up. I got out of bed. (laughs) I'm existing right now. I survived. (laughs) Like, what do you mean what I do to take care of myself? So it's like buying something in that moment. It's not going to help my anxiety. It's not going to help me to feel okay in that moment. And I think a lot of times people use it. I think, too, like, give the benefit of the doubt. People just don't know what to say sometimes. Yeah. They don't know what to say, and they really want to help, and they want to make something better for someone. And so they're like, what do you do to take care of yourself? Like, maybe a bubble bath tonight? And it's like, no, Karen, a bubble bath tonight will not help. (laughs) Like, what I'm dealing with is really, really serious. Or, like, there's just not something that is a quick fix that can help me right now. And it can just be such a lonely place, especially when self-care stops working. Because it is a surface level thing in that regard, like in the way that it's presented on social media when it's not working, which ultimately doesn't if you're dealing with really intense, deep mental illness. Self-care in the way that we're describing it is not going to feel as good when you're not mentally ill and you're doing it. And so then you feel lonely or like it's not working or like what's wrong with you because this face mask isn't like magically fixing your depression. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And your point about people using that as a response to when you're struggling is so important because if you think about empathy, which is really being with someone in that moment and you're not trying to fix it, you're not trying to bypass it, you know, you're just present with that person and thinking about, you know, what they're going through and, and, you know, kind of being in the boat with them Mm -hmm. (laughs) in those rough seas and, I think sometimes a question like that of like, oh, well, like, how are you taking care of yourself? Or like, have you, you know, tried this or that? You know, that can be great if the timing is right and if the person, right. you know, wants those questions. But I think it can be used in a way to bypass what the person is going through. And the implication is, well, if you do those things, it'll be better. And, you know, people kind of want to resolve their own discomfort with it. I mm-hmm. think it's a lot harder to see somebody going through something and feel like yeah I'm here with you and I hear that that's awful mm-hmm. you know that feels uncomfortable for the person listening yeah and it's interesting because now I'm thinking about how on social media people get a lot of unsolicited advice mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder about that like if someone does share something they're going through or something that happened they do get a lot of comments and messages like well have you tried this or what about this or what about that and it's like are those suggestions inherently bad to to try whatever no but why are you suggesting it right why are you jumping to Mm self-care in that moment of like well you just go for a walk or try this meal or I mean I don't know it could just be (laughs) anything right Um, self-care is such a vague thing in some ways yeah it really is and I think that that's really when when I say self-care like in a clinical sense like it really is self-compassion like it's how are you being kind to yourself and sometimes like that is it looks very different than like what you know treat yourself kind of culture is Um, sometimes it's not kind to myself to do that or to set that expectation up Sometimes being kind to myself is just allowing myself to be able to feel sad and be upset in that moment. And sometimes that's self-care. Being, allowing yourself to feel, not trying to shove it down by buying something or trying to cover up the hurt 
monetarily. And that that's the difference, I think, between authentic self-care or self-compassion or kindness to yourself than what we're seeing online mm-hmm. and what we're seeing like brands talk about or influencers talk <laughs> about when they say self-care. Right. I feel like a point that you and I are both getting at and it sort of clicked in my brain is that you know, self-care is talked about in a very impulsive and immediate way. Yes. Whereas actual, you mm-hmm. know, like self-compassion is sort of a, a long game, right? Right. And I, I initially thought of it as you gave the example about, you know, actually maybe the best thing is to not buy that face mask for whatever reason. And I can think about, you know, maybe you wouldn't buy these things because your finances are especially relevant and important right now Mm -hmm. and so that's a practical element of caring for yourself that is not sexy or sellable Mm -hmm. to be able to say like you know financial literacy financial health which by the way looks different for different people right but who wants to really get into that because you can't I mean I guess you could create a course and like sell people a course about it but you know generally it's not a product Mm -hmm. right and so that is much deeper work to get in tune with I truly see my worth and my value so much that I will sacrifice some short-term satisfaction Mm -hmm. here because the longer goal for me in my life looks different yeah. from that, you know, and I think an example might be like, I'll use myself. Like I started working with a personal trainer about two years ago because I just felt like I want to be moving. I didn't have any kind of like weight loss goal. It was just like, I don't feel good on my mm-hmm. body. And, and I really think that movement will be so helpful for me. I'm much more into the groove at this point, a few years in. And there was a long period where I really struggled. It's like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go. I don't want to put in the energy and the effort. Right. But my awareness that this was a good thing for me mm-hmm. on the whole kind of helped keep me going through that. It was like, well, I don't want to struggle with um, movement later yeah. in my life. I don't want to potentially have um, any kind of condition mm-hmm. related to my activity level, right? And, you know, that comes from a place of I'm willing to put in the work because I care for myself. Mm-hmm. This isn't me punishing myself. Right. This isn't me saying, like, I need to lose weight and I hate my body and I have to burn this many calories No, this is like I care enough to sacrifice my mornings Mm -hmm. because that will benefit me longer (laughs) in this moment. It solidifies your values, like your value of wellness versus like, let me buy this item to make me feel better about myself in this moment. Mm -hmm. And two, I think something that came up for me as you were talking is like, the idea that like the individuals in this situation are not at fault. No. Right? No, like no, no, no. Not it's at all. really the corporations who are telling us that self-care is monetizable that are at fault. If you buy that face mask, buy that face mask and enjoy it. Love it. Yeah, Have a good time. If you want it. Like if you if you're doing yeah. that, I don't think we should ever hold the individuals accountable for the oppressive 
system. Not that I think like that was what we were talking about. No, but, but it's, it's like, an important up. point. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, you could, you know, um, know that this is something that is harmful to you and still need it in a moment. And like, that's OK. Self-care is not judging ourselves for that. Right. Right. Because we're all a part of a capital capitalistic society. And like we have to make peace with that somehow. All of us in our own way. Oh, my God. We um, try. <laughs> but yeah, like I think that we ha- I really want to emphasize like it's not on you to change this system. It's really on the big pillars of this system who have really created this toxic mindset around self-care. And then how do we collectively call that out? Yes, because the thing is, nothing is off limits. Like if money can be made from it, it will come into existence at some point. And as we normalize mental health and we it's like it's like a double edged sword because like normal mental health is being normalized, which is amazing. But then it's also being monetized by corporations. Yeah. And we're going to have an episode about um, startup mental health uh mm. companies oh we're gonna yes. get into the talk space better help uh stuff Ooh, so yes that will come um because that's you know a really great example mm-hmm. of it also is that when anything is you know really being talked about and becoming normalized and when there's a lot of progress there's like this this leeching that also um comes up because yes. Cap- because capitalism. <laughs> exactly. Right. I feel um, like that's like a cloud in all of our episodes. It's like, yeah, we have to like put a disclaimer like this is the society that we are currently in. And mm-hmm. so that dictates a lot of the issues that we have. And most of it is not individual, you know, concerns or like things that really individuals can do to make huge changes. But it's about calling out these larger systems that make these problems run rampant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so happy you brought that up about like not blaming the individual because, you know, that is not at all Mm -hmm. what we're saying. And it is an important distinction here that if you are engaging in something that for whatever reason is maybe not that great for you long term no judgment you know we are just trying to survive Mm -hmm. in the ways that we can day to day right and a concept that I really love I saw a video on TikTok about this ages ago I don't think I ever saved it but um the creator was just talking about like whatever behaviors you were engaging with at the time right like you know whether it was binge eating or you know some kind of drug use or whatever you know you might have needed that at the time. Like Mm -hmm. that might've been what got you through. And I can personally relate to um, that when it comes to eating in excess, right? Like I was very depressed for, you know, uh, my late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, and food really became a way of coping. And so, you know, I'm not going to look back and say like, oh, I'm so mad at myself because I didn't take care of myself. That's so oversimplified. Like I was trying and I I was doing what I could in those days and in those years. Right. Um, And so it's such an individual part of our lives and our, you know, wellness, mental health Mm -hmm. journeys that it's like, you know, as we're talking about this, we keep thinking like, oh, and this, and there's this nuance and there's this piece, right? Because like, 
all of that matters. And that is just totally obliterated in social media conversations about it for the most part. Yes. Yeah. I I do think there's like people calling it out, but I don't think there's like enough attention on those people who are calling it out. Well, for you to call it out, you have to kind of not benefit from it. Right. Right. Like, you know, influencers who always talk about, I don't know, whatever mental health and self-care, it's like if they were, I believe, really going to talk about it authentically, they would have to remove any monetization from it. Yeah. And that's different from offering a service. I want to be really clear. Like if somebody has a legitimate service of like they're a therapist and you're able to access their website through their Instagram or, you know, somebody is maybe a nurse and they have their business Instagram or um, you know, what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right. Offering a service is not the same as like literally capitalizing on your audience by selling them things. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I think that's really important to kind of make the distinction of, and with all of this talk on, you know, self-care, self-compassion, all that stuff, I think it would be important for us to kind of maybe offer some suggestions on like incorporating self-care and in, go to therapy. In the, <laughs> go, to ther- I, go to therapy. Yes. No, I completely agree with that. Um, if you're able to. Yes. If you can access it, I think that therapy can be an amazing resource to learn how to care for ourselves because we're we're not taught. We're not taught. No, None not of really. us are taught how to really truly care for ourselves. Um, but I think that too, like just the way that we speak to ourselves, the way that we talk about ourselves is so important when it comes to self-care. And so those are things that, you know, I try to do. I know, Elena, you talked about a little bit of what you do to take care of yourself. And I think, too, the big piece of that isn't necessarily what I do, but why I do. Yes. The intention, I think, is almost the bigger part of it. Like, what are your values and what are you doing to get closer to those values? Like, if, if wellness is a value then move your body mm-hmm. and that could be like you do personal training I do yoga it's completely different and I do free YouTube videos right because <laughs> that's what works for me right now um, and you go somewhere to do it because that's what you need right and so it may we may have the same value of wellness but we do we care for that value in very different ways and neither way is the wrong way no absolutely not And I think, again, it goes back to, like, I can't determine somebody's self-care for them. Like, if I'm working with a client, like, we'll explore it together. It's like, how do you feel about it? Like, what what are the thoughts? What are the emotions? What is everything that's tying into this? Because I know what I do. And I I try to do the things that work for me. But Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily going to be the exact formula that works for somebody else. And so... I think that's probably the best suggestion that we could give is that it's not about the specifics of like you walk this many steps a day or you eat this amount of vegetables every day or, you know, you meditate every day, you know, tap into how does it feel when I'm doing these things? Like, why am I engaging in these acts of self-care? Like, are you approaching it with compassion for yourself or are you approaching it with perfectionism or mm. rigidity, right? Judgment. You know, judgment. Yes. Like, so just kind of reflection, I think, might be, you know, one yeah. of the most important parts. Um, so, yeah. I, I love that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, mm. it's almost hard to give 
a lot of suggestions, but again, I think that emphasis of sometimes there isn't a straight answer. Not yeah, I know. Sometimes <laughs> it is like it is just that it's it's about maybe start thinking about these things and mm-hmm. reach out to someone who can maybe help you align closer to your values and figure out what those are and how it works for you. Yeah, and it, it's a process. I mean, yeah. my relationship with self care at age thirty is totally different from what it was even at age twenty eight. You know, mm-hmm. or definitely at 18 right um so expect that it will evolve evolve and that is normal yeah i i just think as human beings that is kind of the nature of being here is everything is evolving for us in different ways at different times so thank you guys for joining us and this is really a cool topic to get into and we will see you next time